Since 2017, the Italian Wine Podcast has exploded, recently hitting 6 million listens. Support us by buying a copy of Italian Wine Unplugged 2.0 or making a small donation. In return, we'll give you the chance to nominate a guest and even win lunch with Stevie Kim and Professor Attilio Scienza. Find out more at italianwinepodcast.com. Chin chin! Welcome to this special Italian wine podcast broadcast. This episode is a recording off Clubhouse, the popular drop-in audio chat. This Clubhouse session was taken from the Wine Business Club and Italian Wine Club. Listen in as wine lovers and experts alike engage in some great conversation on a range of topics in wine. If you enjoy listening, please consider donating through italianwinepodcast.com. Any amount helps cover equipment, production, and publication costs. And remember to subscribe and rate our show wherever you tune in. Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of Clubhouse Ambassadors Corner. So I'm stepping in today for Stevie because right now she's on a business trip. As usual, she's not always in the office. So right now I'm going to introduce the concept of Clubhouse Ambassadors Corner. So there's not much people in the room right now, but remember that the interview is recorded and we put it up on Italian Wine Podcast, Spotify, SoundCloud, wherever you get your pods. Clubhouse Ambassador's Corner ranks as one of our top shows. So that's really, really good news. Clubhouse Ambassador's Corner is where we have our ambassadors from our Vinitaly International Academy team. They get to interview their favorite Italian wine producers, and then they can ask any questions they want to ask. And then at the end of the discussion, we will give the chance for the audience to participate. So for today, we've got our co-moderator, McKenna Cassidy. Hi, McKenna. Hi, Laika. How are Good you? Afternoon. Yeah, I'll see you next month during Wine to Wine, yes. right? Yeah, yes, I can't wait. You there. Thank so, you. Yes, it'll be awesome. Yeah, so McKenna here, she's going to be our future host on our next generation together with Toria Cheche. And we're looking to have her for next month. She'll be visiting us and we'll be interviewing Italian wine producers on our podcast marathon on Wine to Wine Business Forum 2023. Let me introduce you first. McKenna found her love of wine while serving in the Napa Valley Tasting Room. Later graduated from the University of Notre Dame and pursued wine on the East Coast with E&J Gallo Winery. She has worked in wine distribution for restaurants and luxury retail stores for the past three years. Originally from Phoenix, Arizona, McKenna is a certified specialist of wine in 2021, certified sommelier in 2022, and Italian wine ambassador 2023. She loves country swing dancing, hosting brunch parties, and sipping Italian wine. So McKenna, tell us why you selected Gabriella Favara as your favorite producer. Oh, yes. So Gabriella and I have something in common. We both, well, I used to, and she currently works in hospitality for an acclaimed winery. I first met Donna Fugata, I think, in New York City, trying the Ben Rier. Um, Pasito di Pentavaria. So I'm very excited and grateful for the chance to interview Gabriella today. Okay, so what are the learning objectives that we should be expecting from this interview? We'll do an overview of Sicilian native grape variety since Dona Fugata has properties all over the island. And then we'll also do a cultural deep dive into this iconic Italian wine producer. And just by learning about their innovations, it particularly in hospitality and wine storytelling and art. Okay, so you already mentioned that you've tried the Mille e Una Notte iconic wine. When did you try it? Oh, yes. Well, yesterday I actually got to have so their Mille e Una Notte uh, Nero de Avila Syrah blend. I got my hands on a bottle in Brooklyn this weekend and was able to taste a, a 2016 vintage. And it was so, so delicious, rich with flavor and a fabulous body and texture. So very, very cool. One of their famous icon wines inspired by Arabic literature. So very special. Okay, so I actually look forward to listening to that question. I think you're going to ask that later, I hope. Yes. About this wine, right? Okay, fantastic. So I'm going to mute myself and then, yeah, I'll leave the floor to you. Okay, thank you. Great. Um, Gabriella, can you hear me okay? 
Yes, I'm here. Hi. Hello. Hi to everyone. Welcome to the space today. And we're so grateful for your expertise and to learn from you. So thank you in advance. For everyone listening in, Gabriela Favada is the daughter of the founders of Dona Fugata. So Gabriela was born in Sicily and raised among the scents of the harvest and the stories of her grandparents, Giacomo and Gabriela. Gabriela, I assume you're you're named after your grandma? Yes, exactly. I've got this great responsibility. (laughs) Uh, Yes, definitely. (laughs) I'm sure you wear it well, though. (laughs) So after completing your studies in economics and business management in Italy and abroad, you worked for two um, Italian family companies in marketing that are leaders in their sectors. And today you represent the sixth generation involved in this quality winemaking. And it gives you a strong bond with Sicily and your family. Um, bringing you back to your homeland ultimately to join Donna Fogata since last October 2022. And you're currently part of the wine tourism team dedicated to hospitality, leading visits and tastings around Donna Fogata's estates. And I'm excited to hear all about those estates. <laughs> and I know that hospitality is a big passion for you where you cultivate relationships and share your love for Sicily and for important family traditions. And I also learned that in your free time, you love to travel and you have a passion for classical dance, photography and music. I do. Yes, that's me. Fabulous. I think so. <laughs> what, what kind of dance, Gabriela? So I used to do ballet. And actually, mm-hmm. I was very little when I started. I was only six years old and I did till I was 18. Then I left Marsala, that is my the city where I grew up, um, mm. moving to Milan for the study. So then I quit it, unfortunately but I'm still in love with it. That's awesome. That's a joy. Yeah, it's interesting how life takes over and you can't practice every day like you used to, but still a joy to keep the passion running. How awesome. Then at this point, I like to be on the other part of the stage and to enjoy some ballet whenever I'm around. So I'm still enjoying this session. That's perfect. And how many years out of university are you? So now I ended with the university because I did my bachelor degree in Milan and, did, and then I'm a master of science in, in the UK, as you were saying. Okay. So then I worked for four years uh, between these two companies around Italy, um, mainly specialized in the food industry. And after okay. these eight years, then I moved back to Sicily. So now I'm happy to be back and to start this new adventure in the family business. Good. Yeah, you're almost a year in now to working more directly for the family. And I'm sure you're happy to be home, it sounds like, which is very cool after traveling and learning so much. So just a quick moment of context for everyone listening in. Today, our discussion is going to focus on the island of Sicily. This is the largest island in the Mediterranean. Um, Sicily is historically the center of, of much cultural change. It was the place where Odysseus in Homer's Odyssey started his journey through Italy. And he this is where Odysseus encountered the Cyclops, Polyphemus. And they in the story, they basically get Polyphemus drunk on wine, and then they escape on sheep from the, the Cyclops' lair. And this it's based in Sicily, that scene. So obviously, Sicily is such a cultural icon, but also just the place of a lot of exchange and travel. This Many different peoples have lived there over time, in particular the Arabs. And so we'll get more into that later. But Sicily is also a volcanic island because of the convergence of the European and the African tectonic plates right there. And there's lots of different changes in elevation, in soil, and in shape of the land. So, but first, Gabriella, let's get started talking about the family business. Could you walk us through kind of the history of Dona Fugata as a whole? And then we'll go into the different locations of the estates. Yes, absolutely. So Dona Fugata was founded by my grandparents, so Giacomo and Gabriella. In Marsala, so in the in Sicily, so in the very south of Italy, Marsala, which is in the extreme western corner of the island, and I really like to say that what lead the foundation of Donna Fugata was absolutely my grandparents' passion for Sicily, and especially their desire to renovate the style and perception of the Sicilian wine worldwide. So my grandfather Giacomo actually represented the fourth generation of a family 
with over 170 years of experience in quality wine. And he founded Donna Fugata in 1983 together with his wife, Gabriella, so my, my grandmother. She's for us a pioneer of viticulture in Sicily. I mean, you can imagine how unusual it was to see uh, women involved in the agriculture and especially in the wine sector at the time. So absolutely something very revolutionary. Uh, today, my mom, Jose, and my uncle, Antonio, so the fifth generation of the Rallo family, are leading Donna Fugata. My mom is taking care about the communication and marketing area, while Antonio is focusing on the production area. So together with the enologists and agronomists that we have in different states of Donna Fugata, he takes care of the production phases indeed. So, um, yes, it's still a family business. And uh, from generation to generation, we are trying to carry on this passion and tradition, first of all. So now I'm part of the sixth generation. I represent the half of this because I've got a younger brother who is not yet in the family business, but he absolutely has the desire to enjoy the family business one day. That's fabulous. Thanks for sharing. If I may ask, was the expectation from a young age for you to join the family business or were you seeking other adventures during your travels or were you always planning to come back? So like in my heart, I always had the desire to enjoy the family business, but I wanted first of all to do my own experiences. And I think that because I was, I grew up with the great example of my mom and my uncle who did the same uh, before entering in the family business. So it was quite normal for me to enjoy other experiences before starting in Donna Fugata. So after my study in Milan and then in the UK, I was really happy to discover something else and especially to learn from other sectors. So I thought that this might give me the better know-how and different skills to enjoy then the family business and to uh, taking something new to the family business. So yes, then I had the desire to enjoy it and to carry on this tradition, but I prefer to do something else before. That makes a ton of sense. What would you say is one of your like very formative experiences that you think impacts your work today at Don Fugata that you learned while you were traveling and learning? So absolutely, traveling around gave me the opportunity to understand a lot from different markets, different cultures. So I mean, in Italy, we are we used to drink fine wines and quality wines, but maybe it's not the same everywhere. So obviously, uh, learning from new markets and new countries traveling around, I understood a lot on uh, consumer consumption trends. And thinking on my job experiences that I had in the last years, um, having the opportunity to work in the marketing department and especially, for example, in the brand management in the last experience I did, this gave me the opportunity to learn a lot in the brand extension, brand development of, um, of products, even thought in different sectors, so not in the wine sectors. Okay, that's awesome. And I know we'll get into later, like working for the next generations and innovating. So that sounds super impactful. Let's walk through the different estates. Do you do tours at every, at all five estates that yes. Don Fugata has? Yes, we do. So all our estates oh are open to wild lovers. So you, yes, I mean, you can really enjoy a trip around Sicily already visiting all the different estates from Donna Fugata. I like to say that Sicily is a winemaking region. So in every area, we really have a different landscape, different grape varieties, a multitude of extraordinary climates. So um, yes, Donna Fugata took advantage from this and we decided to have our different estates in different corner, remote corner of the island. So Donna Fugata was born in 1983 in Marsala, where we have the historic family settler. And in the same year, we founded the state of Contessentellina, which is close, it's one hour by car from Marsala. So always remaining in the western part of the island. And there, uh, that is the main area of production of Dona Fugata. So there we have 322 hectares with 19 different varieties, not only uh, local varieties, so from Sicily, but also international ones. 
So um, after that, in 1989, we arrived on the small volcanic island of Pantelleria that I have to say, it's one of my favorite. It is a very special place. It is a small volcanic island between Sicily and Africa, actually closer to Africa than Sicily. And there we have 68 hectares of Zibibo, so just one grape varieties but cultivate from 20 to 400 meters to the sea le- uh, above the sea level, thanks to the terraces that we construct with the use of lava stone. So it's a very, very special place. The vines grow up in low bush uh, in Hellos, so the small alberello pantesco uh, makes this viticulture unique. And all in 2016, we arrived then in the eastern part of, uh, of Sicily, so with the new estates close to the Etna volcano, where we cultivate between 700 and 750 meters above the sea level, and where we focus as well on the special grape varieties from that area, so specifically the Nerello Mascalese for the production of the red ones and Carricante for the white one. And also in 2016, we then opened new estates in Victoria, so in the southern eastern part of Sicily. Uh, that is the land of Frappato and Nero Davola, and it's the land of the only DOCG that we have in Sicily, so the Cerasuolo di Victoria, that it's a blend of the two uh, varieties cultivated in this area. Then in the case of Donna Fugata, it's our Flora Mundi. So just to give you a small panoramic on our different estates. So one is Sir Excel yeah. in Marsala and the four different estates of production around Sicily. Okay, that's gorgeous. Perfect. So thank you for that. So for those who aren't looking at a map of Sicily right now, Sicily is kind of a funky triangle shape for for lack of a better design and basically there's a point on the far left this would be the western side and that's where she was describing Marsala located and then Palermo is just a little more inland where she said that's an hour's drive and then you move to the far east and that's where Mount Etna is and then the lowermost point the southern it's basically southeast as if you were like towards Florida, if you were to liken it to the United States at all, this is where Vitoria is. And that's where she said the fir- the only DOCG on the entire island is located there, which is Cerasolo di Vitoria, a blend of Frappato and Nero d'Avola. So let's go back for a second to the Pentelleria Island. Mm-hmm. This is such a special place. This is where I was first exposed to Dona Fugata wines, um, trying the Bendrier. Which is such an amazing thing. So as the Via community will be very aware, the grape that's grown here is Moscato di Alessandria, which is also known as Zibibo. Now the word Zibibo is coming from the Arabic word Zabib, which is probably referring to the raisin or dried grape. So Zibibo is dried out and then pressed into a very luscious, golden, amber, sweeter wine. Um, And I'll go into that in a minute. But as the Via community is aware, Zibibo is a grape that's a cross between Efta Kilo and Moscato Bianco, which when you cross Zibibo with Catarato, you get Grillo. So it's all connected with the native grape varieties of this area of Italy, which is so special. And then, Gabriella, like you mentioned, there's these dry stone lava walls on the island that are protecting the grapes from the wind. But the other thing is that they're bush vines in the Albarello Pantesco, which are the, are they little, like, kind of holes in the ground, Gabriella? Yes, exactly. So they grow in hollows made in the ground so that the vines can be protected from the wind because the, um, the Shiroko, so the hot wind coming from Africa on the island, it's really daily. So the vines do not exceed 50, 60 centimeters in high. And in this way, they can be protected. We can protect the grapes from the wind. So it is essential to make vines growing up like this. And the Alberello Pantesco so has been considered as part of the UNESCO Intangible Cultural Heritage as the lava stone wall that we have around the island, consider that we have 40 kilometers of uh, dry stone walls made by lava stone around the island. This because we cultivate in 16 different areas of the small volcanic island of Pantelleria, 
because every area differs in microclimate, in altitude, in exposure. So give us the possibility to enrich uh, the bouquet of our Berrier. This is so awesome. And so, so because it's so it's very, very warm there, right? So the grapes are getting ripe to overripe and then pressed into this luscious wine, which I know your mom likes to sing about at certain times. <laughs> is that right? Yes. So saying one more thing about the production of Berrier, yes, what happens is that uh, the harvest is done. It starts usually in the middle of August when 35 degrees, 40 degrees are really like daily temperature. And everything has to be done manually because it's impossible to harvest with machine in these vineyards. So this gives us the possibility to select the best grapes already in the vineyard, so to have a careful selection of the grapes. And what we do is that the first part of the grapes harvested are used for the production for the sun-dried grapes. So the grapes are placed on drying racks under the sun and the wind. And so in a natural way, they slowly become sun-dried. And when they become sun-dried, the grapes will be de-steamed manually and selected and added to the fresh mass that we are going to produce in the meantime. So it's a very, very special process of production that makes Berrier uh, unique. Wine to Wine Business Forum. Everything you need to get ahead in the world of wine. Supersize your business network. Share business ideas with the biggest voices in the industry. Join us in Verona on November 13 to 14, 2023. Tickets available now at pointwine.net. Fabulous. Thank you for describing that for us. And that's, of course, what the term pasito is referring to um, on the wine. So that's lovely. Okay, so for the sake of time, we'll carry on because I know I could <laughs> wax and wait on uh, Basito for so long. But let's, we'll circle back to the specialness of some of the wines in the areas. But I'd love to dive a little bit into the role of women in Dona Fugata since I know that it's so integral to the meaning of the wine, the meaning of the juice, and the way it and the labels are created. Um, so I understand that the name of Dona Fugata which means like the woman who fled away, comes from a book called El Gato Pardo, which means the leopard. And it was written by Giuseppe di Lampedusa in the late 1800s, early 1900s, I believe. There was also a film, The Leopard, which won Golden Palm at the Cannes International Film Festival starring Burt Lancaster. But that's a little bit of an adaptation <laughs> that was made later. So in the story of The Leopard, Gabriella, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe there's a queen who runs away from um, her life and she seeks refuge in the lands by the Antelina estate. And that's why the Contessa Antelina estate is located there. Exactly. So yes, correct. Okay, perfect. Um, great. So kind of, would you maybe add any more details to that intro story? And then how does the inspiration from this one runaway queen basically create this theme of women in Dona Fugata? Yes, I mean, the woman in Dona Fugata is a constant element of inspiration. In Dona Fugata's story and storytelling, we will find the element of the woman in the name, Dona Fugata, as you said, uh, in the generation that one after the other are carrying on the family tradition, and especially in Dona Fugata's artistic labels. So, um, correct, the name Dona Fugata, that means woman in flight, it comes from uh, the novel The Leopard. It was an idea of my grandmother Gabriella to to find out a, a name that could tell a story. So she didn't want to use just the family name, but she was looking for a name that that could have a broader story. So she chose uh, for Dona Fugata while reading this this novel. And I also like to say that our woman in flight, so our Donna Fugata is not only the one, the queen of the leopard, but also uh, Gabriella. So she was actually an English teacher, but in 1983, when my uh, grandfather Giacomo and Gabriella founded Donna Fugata, she decided to do not teach anymore and to dedicate herself to the rise of the new family business together with Giacomo. So I like to see this flight oriented to something very revolutionary, absolutely positive and optimistic. But yes, she's as well our woman in flight. Speaking more about the role of women in, uh, in Donna Fugata, so as I was saying before, Jose, my mom, part of the fifth generation. Yes, it's still 
me as well. So we are carrying on this tradition, making the woman role always central in our history. And another peculiarity is related to the um, company structure and model as well. I mean, in our company, uh, already 43% of the leadership position are uh, occupied by women. So we are taking care always more. We are always more committed in gender equality to guarantee equal rights, treatment, responsibility and opportunities. So I have to say that it's an important point, this one as well. That's wonderful. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I know that Jose has additional leadership roles on behalf of her role at Donna Fugata, for example. She promoted and so much led female entrepreneurship that she received the Premio Belisario in 2002. Is that an award for her innovation, Gabriela? Do you know? Uh, yes, so it's for a contribution to the promotion of female entrepreneurship. So um, absolutely another uh, important recognizement. And yes, so okay. besides Donna Fugata, she, uh, she tried to dedicate a lot of herself also in these other activities. And for example, we are all three. So my grandmother, my mom and I, part of the mm. Donne del Vino, which is an Italian association that collect, that put together all the women working in the wine sector. So not only producer, producers, but only also managers, sommeliers. So all the women involved in the wine sector can enjoy this association and develop new activities together. So that is a great thing as well. And actually, my grandmother was among the founder of Donna del Vino. So... Yes, we are very proud of it. That's wonderful. What a great space for community, empathy, learning, exchange of ideas. Yes, exactly. Exactly. That's absolutely the point of this association. That's wonderful. We have a little something similar in America on a different scale for women in the industry. So I empathize with the motive to do that. And that's a very <laughs> cool example. So and then also because of all of this, and we're basically depicting it's not necessarily just a feminine wine style. It's more about like the meaning of the wine and the brand. And I know that you partner specifically with uh, certain artists to design and create labels that witness to this woman in flight or women in wine that you're creating from your island. So is that Stefano Vitale for all the labels, for example, Antilia and La Fuga? Yes, yes, absolutely. Uh, so okay. I work, Gabriella is the source of inspiration for the labels. Uh, she met Stefano Vitale in, during the 90s. And yes, she had this incredible idea to, um, to tell a story with each of our wines. So she wanted to have colors and figures on our labels. I mean, at that time, labels were very, very simple. So just having the logo of the company and the name of the wines, but I think no colors and figures at all. So what she wanted to do, it was to represent not only what was in the wine sometimes, so for example, with having on the label some elements of tasting notes of the wine, but yes, most of the time representing uh, our territories, our colors and figures. So um, Stefano Vitale um, did the first label for Donna Fugata in 1994, and he's continuing to do it. So it is a collaboration that is going always on. That's so cool. I frankly have not seen an artist's style quite like his in massive, like mass production. I think his style is so unique and it has this wonderful texture to it. So for those who aren't looking at a label of Antilia like I am at this moment, um, it's <laughs> A woman, she, her, she's kind of like earth tones and she has this gorgeous like orange hair, um, orange and yellow hair kind of flowing behind her. And then the background behind her is this gorgeous um, sea blue and purple and lighter blue like cerulean. So a really just striking label. And that would, Gabriella, be such a contrast if labels were simple before then. This <laughs> is simple but bright <laughs> yes absolutely so with each wine we really like to tell a story so for the for example in the wines uh coming from the ethnic states we used to represent the volcano as a goddess so as a woman considering the devotion that local people have for the etna in that area so you will always find this volcano that is a goddess 
Um, and then, for example, speaking about the labels coming from uh, the labels dedicated to the wine produced in Pantelleria, uh, we always have a tribute to the island. And especially in the label of Berrier, we have a tribute to the heroic viticulture, so to the incredible uh, work done from the people who are working on the island for the production of this incredible wine. So, yes, there are some always new figures, new colors describing our our Sicilian soul. Okay, now I understand the label for Bandrier. So it's <laughs> it's this wonderful beige background, but you have like eight or nine figures kind of harvesting, whether it's fruit or grapes, etc. on the front. And then the... The, is that the estate in the background with the palm exactly, trees? Exactly, exactly. So you okay. have in the front the people harvesting, and then on the back you have uh, the our estates on Pantelleria that has this typical design and architecture uh, that is called Damuso. Uh, so mm. this is the name of the special special houses on the island. And then in the back you have the vineyards, so the terraces. And mm-hmm. yes, yeah, so it's a representation of that area. Absolutely. Oh, fabulous. Thanks for explaining that. And so we can't move too much farther without talking about Jose's beautiful singing voice and her, <laughs> her uh, luminous personality, just like yours. And so I was learning more about her and I basically found, and Dona Fugata led me there as you recommended, but she, she has performances and she tastes her wine and sings about them at the same time. And one cool example was at the Blue Note in the West Village, New York City, right where I hang out. Some of my friends live um, in 2005. And she is on stage and kind of a low stage, you know, cocktail lounge vibes. And they're playing like jazz in the background, like drums and a very cool beat. And she's describing the Berrier pasito with figs, honey, dates, apricots, peaches, husband Vincenzo's right there so uh, what do you think about that Gabriella and how how often does she do this uh, she does it often and I have to say that it's something that it's still embarrassing a bit uh, me whenever <laughs> she do it I, I have to admit it uh, I mean yes this is another way that connect Dona Fugata to hearts so beside the artistic label music is another a great connection with arts in Dona Fugata. My mom has this great passion for music and specifically for uh, Brazilian music, so for jazz, bossa nova, and she shared this with my father, so with my father Vincenzo, uh, who is not part of Dona Fugata, but yes, in this case he is, because together uh, they, they created this project that is called Dona Fugata Music and Wine, uh, it was. It started in 2002 uh, from their idea to unite the passion for wine with the love for music. So basically what she does is that whenever she goes around the world and around Italy representing Donna Fugata and presenting our wines, so she presents from the stage a live multisensory experience which combines each wine with a piece of music. So, yes, she likes to to sing sour wines, not only to speak about them. And she really just has a gorgeous voice. I mean, she <laughs> it's a, it's her singing voice is fabulous and she's clearly very talented. Um and it's a joy and it's uh, it's of course been proven that um sounds and music while tasting wine kind of improves your perception of the wine and I think it's so smart that she's capitalizing on that and representing that and using that they it so often happens in wine in the wine industry we'll experiment with it but we don't really live it in our spare time and when we're drinking casually or out with friends even or in our own home and I just think it's so cool that she's showing like no you can live this out you can enjoy music and wine together let me show you how yes yeah, so next time if you want to listen listen to Jose singing while you're enjoying a class of Donna Fugata so you can go on Spotify and yes the, the playlist Donna Fugata music <laughs> and, wine, and she will be there with you <laughs> oh fabulous I, I'm really glad this is readily available <laughs> <laughs> Um, so the whole motive of Dona Fugate is so, so creative, as we've expressed. Can you tell me about the partnership with Dolce Gabbana? Of course, of course. So the partnership, uh, the partnership aims to celebrate 
the unconditional love for Sicily and Italian excellence, first of all. So it is a collaboration in which uh, creativity and craftsmanship meet. So while Donna Fugara constantly explores new territories to obtain new wines, Dolce & Gabbana and their creativity um, promote this fine wine. So they design all the label and the packaging dedicated to um, to these wines. So the first wines that we launched with Dolce & Gabbana is uh, Rosa, and it was launched in 2020. Um, and yes, we are always going on looking for different territories, different areas of production, uh, so making some products unique. And obviously, they sometimes have some special requests on the wine. So for example, um, for the first wine of the partnership, Rosa, they asked to produce a rosé wine because they were fascinated by the color. So in this case, we thought a blend. Uh, we thought of a blend of Nerello Mascalese and Nocera. So to create a new rosé made with two main Sicilian varieties. And after that, we had three more wines coming to complete this small collection. Another one is Tancredi, that is actually one of our iconic and historical wines that just changed okay. its labels with a new one mm -hmm. by, designed by Dolce & Gabbana. And then we created two wines coming from the Ethnic States, um, Cordilava and Isolano, that are part of this uh, collection as well. So um, something very unique. And these are the only four labels that... Uh, haven't been drawn by uh, Stefano Vitale, but it's set by the designer Dolce & Gabbana. I noticed that you mentioned Nocera amongst several other indigenous wine grapes, but what's this grape is kind of lesser known, we would consider, and something that's not often just by the global wine community not always recognized. And I think it's so special that that grape was able to be a part of the blend, especially with a globally famous brand like Dolce & Gabbana. Um, for the VIA community, a quick reminder that Nocera is important cultivar of Fado and of northeast Sicily. And it has like loosely packed bunches and is like vigorous, regular productivity. And it has like it's full bodied. So was that part of the rosé, Gabriella, that you just said, or was that part of the um, other red blend, the Tancredi? Nocera, it's, we only use Nocera in the production of Rosa, actually. Cool. That's wonderful. And that one of the icon wines. So and then the Dolce & Gabbana, they designed the boxes and the labels because they have this classic like floral, but also geometric designs. Yes, exactly. They are inspired by the Sicilian um, carrots. Oh, cards, what's that? The Sicilian cards. So oh, OK. They, they take inspiration from the design, the colors and figures that we have on the Sicilian cards. And then oh, obviously, um, also like in the wines coming from the Etna, we also have the, the volcano that is the main character of the, of the labels. So, mm -hmm. uh, yes, they take inspiration from our territory, of course, and the colors and figures of our traditions. That's beautiful. I thank you for sharing that. That's so cool. How did that partnership come about? Was, was who approached who? So actually a few years ago, they opened a restaurant in Milan. And, um, okay. and in the restaurant, they mainly had uh, like Sicilian wines and uh, food offers. So they started to sell our wines there and the wines were very appreciated. So after that, when they started to organize some special events for the Alta Moda, so for the Haute Couture, they started to ask our wines as well. Um, because they have a strong relation with Sicily. One of the two come from Sicily, so they are really in love with our land, with our traditions. So they wanted to focus on the products coming from this land. So they started to use our wines also in, this, uh, in these events. And after that, they, yes, they asked to do this partnership. And obviously, we wanted to have a partnership in which uh, everyone could focus on the core business. So yes, we obviously focus on the production of the wines while they focus on the design. Okay, that's awesome. Great. <laughs> okay, let's get into your specialty, the hospitality at Dona Fugata. Um, how would you characterize the hospitality and what, what takes up your time on a daily basis? 
So uh, as you were saying, I started my experience in Donna Fugata uh, last winter. And I had the desire to start from the hospitality because together with Antonio and Jose, we thought that this might uh, give me a um, panoramic view of the, of the family business. So because uh, all our estates are open to wine lovers for tour and tasting. So um, I had the, the possibility to go a bit around and to leave the, to leave the estates to understand how everything is working in each of them and to leave all the, all the motions that each state gives. And I wanted to be in touch with our wine lovers. So I wanted to hear from who is tasting our wines, what they think about, what they think about our territories, our wines. So um, I decided to be part of the hospitality team. And I'm mainly based in uh, Marsala, where we have the historic cellar. So um, in each state, we try to give very unique experience that can let wine lovers understand our philosophy, um, the soul of Donna Fugata, um, to learn more about our territories, uh, to taste our wines and also to pair them with food. So to know a bit more about, about where we are. So in each state, we always have different tasting uh, that focus on the main um, varieties of the territory and also the main food specialties of the area. So we always try to do um, dedicated um, like experiences. So we try to welcome guests in small groups so to uh, let them to discover more about the vineyards, the production techniques and our in uh, the world of Donna Fugata. Well, this sounds all fabulous. Would you be willing to walk us through if we came to um, the estate in Marsala or Entelina and kind of like, where would we walk in? When would we, what would we taste? What might a food pairing be? Absolutely. So the tour begin always with a guided tour of the cellar. So it depends on where you are, you will go. Uh, so for example, if you are in Marsala, so you will start with the tour of the historic cellar of Marsala, passing through the underground Balleric cellar. And um, so having more of the, um, of the soul of the state of Marsala and after this guided tour in which we like to speak about our territories of production to let people understand more of the Sicilian, um, of, the, of Sicily and of our areas of production, we conclude them with the tasting. So in the tasting, we have several options. So you can do uh, a wine tasting or a wine and food tasting. So depending on uh, what you prefer and what kind of wines you would like to discover. So there are really different options. And yes, if you want to, then if you choose the one uh, that include also food, then you will have the opportunity to taste with each wine uh, a special pairing. So discovering a bit more of the territory. So um, I, I really like to do it. And I mean, in my daily work, when I'm in Marsala or in the other states, I used to uh, to guide some of the tour and tasting around the states. And it's always a pleasure to let people uh, understand more about, about our territories, especially. That's the best. It's so cool when I, I used to do a similar role to you in Napa. And it's so cool when you're sitting there teaching people about the wines and their eyes kind of light up because they're kind of getting it like they're with you <laughs> and you you want them to understand what the grapes are doing in the glass and the blends what might be like a which wines might you display in your wine flight and marsala so what we uh, especially in marsala considering that is the only states where we do not have the vineyards because in marsala we okay. do not have the vineyards but we conclude all the um uh, quite almost uh, quite all the production phases of the wines. So there mm -hmm. we try to give the opportunity to our wine lovers to taste the wines coming from the different estates. So for example, Perrier is uh, normally the sweet conclusion of the of the tasting. So usually with a sip with a glass of Perrier, we like to take people land on the uh, on the island of Pantelleria. And yes, but we like to, in Marsala, we like to give the opportunity to discover the different uh, 
uh, grape varieties and territories where we are. While, for example, in the other states, we have some tasting dedicated to the wines coming specifically from that state, or you can also have the opportunity to taste the wines from uh, the different areas of production of Dona Fugata. Mm-hmm. That's perfect. So it sounds like even if we're on Etna, we can try the Ansonica and the Chardonnay from exactly. the different Contrade. And then we'd exactly. obviously be trying the Norello Mascalese, the Caricante, etc. Yes, that is, that is how it works. Okay, great. So you're, you don't have to feel like you're missing out on anything if you choose to go one property over the other. But the most important thing is to make sure that Gabrielle is doing your two. <laughs> Correct. That's the way to go. <laughs> For everyone who's now planning their trips. Um, how, that's awesome. And then I know that as we were talking kind of before in preparation, um, you were mentioning maybe some challenges with marketing to new generation customers. So depending on your country, those over 18 or over 21, what's, what are the challenges you're finding Gabriella to making new friends of wine? So I think that we have a great challenge as a new generation. Um, speaking about um, Italy, not a lot of uh, young wine lovers are, uh, are used to consume wines. Uh, so I think that we, um, we should spread always more uh, a bit of know-how uh, on wines to make always more wine lovers, young wine lovers, curious and passionate and interested in, in the wine wars. That is something very, very dynamic and very accessible to everyone. Because, I mean, thinking about Sicily, we spoke about five, four different areas of production, and really in each area of production you have something different. So different wines, totally different wines. So you, you will always find something that is more in your taste. So I think that one of our challenge is to, uh, to go more in touch with young wine lovers and probably to find some easiest way to communicate the wines. So uh, making wines something more accessible also to young people. So also if you are not very, very, um, if you don't know a lot about wines, then I think that you should be able to try to feel yourself confident in trying and exploring this, uh, this amazing sector. So I think that discovering new way of communicate our wines and our territories of production will be one of our challenge. So um, speaking about uh, communication channel and strategies, but also maybe some kind of events in which young wine lovers can come and enjoy and feel free and relaxed to discover this, uh, this sector. So it will be not easy, but for sure interesting and, and curious for us as well. Yeah, that's awesome. And you're so in touch with kind of the current environment because of your travels. So that makes total sense. And I'm curious, is there a particular style of wines, whether it's the fuller bodied Nerda Avalas or the lighter bodied, you know, um, Nerello Mascalese, et cetera, that you're seeing young people gravitate to more or do the tastes vary? I, um, I think that um, I really like the red wines from Vittoria, so going back to the southeastern part of Sicily, where we cultivate the Nero d'Avola and Frappato, because in that area, we really have very light body red wines, so wines that we suggest to drink a bit colder, so very easy drinkable wines that can be enjoyed already for an aperitif, so an happy hour by the glass. Uh, wines that when you take the glass um, close to your nose, then you have an explosion of fruits and flowers. So I think that this kind of wine might be always more in the trend for uh, young wine lovers. That's awesome. We we love a good chillable red. I think that's <laughs> great. And then, so this would be Cerasola di Vittoria, which is obviously delicious. The blend there is about 70% Nero de Avila and then Frappato, which has like this, there's two basically color molecules in the skins. There's Malvin and Pianin for the Via community. And they blend together. The Frappato kind of balances out the Nero de Avila, which makes it kind of medium bodied, refreshing, not light, but lighter. 
which is cool. Yes, yes, I, I totally agree. I totally agree. I mean, uh, Bella Sai, for example, that is our Frappato 100%, is one of my favorites at the moment, I have to say. Oh my gosh, I have to track that down. That sounds so <laughs> delicious. Does it have different, like, if you were to compare it to Nadello Mascalese from Etna, what's the tannin like? Is it lighter in the Frappato? Yes, in the wines from Vittoria, it's very light, very well integrated. So it's, um, it's very pleasant. So those are wines that only ages in, uh, in seal tanks. So the wines from Vittoria do not age in oak uh, in any part. So yes, they are very light with a very well-integrated tannins. That's awesome. So fresh, easy drinking, but then you have that rich flavor, which I think is such an awesome contrast that Italian wines do very, very well, where while it might feel silky and bright to the touch the flavor is so concentrated that you're really able to to get a lot in there and it pairs really well with food and tastes delicious on its own um fabulous thank you gabriella thank you um okay let me see where we yeah so let's touch for a second on the sustained sicilia program does that have to do with the fact that your company doesn't use herbicides or chemical fertilizers and calculates their carbon footprint? So, um, yes, I mean, sustainability is a value that is part of Don Afgata's DNA. Uh, for over 30 years, we have been committed in the production of wine that can respect the environment and the human being. So from good practices in the field to biodiversity, from energy saving to the production of clean energy, uh, from landscape protection to support for the territory, um, so it's really something we are um, on which we are focusing since long time. And in 2021, Donna Fugata joined Sustain Sicily, uh, that is a sustainability program for Sicilian viticulture, um, according to the goals of the um, UN 2030 agenda. So um, absolutely, the main goal of the Sicily Sustain Foundation is to promote the sharing of best practices aimed at respecting the ecosystem. So stimulating research and higher education to develop a culture of sustainability at all levels. So I think it's something very, very important that together in Sicily, uh, together with the main uh, wine producers, we are, we are sharing. Oh, that's wonderful. How many members do you know off the top of your head are there of the Sustain program? So I'm not sure, not very sure about that. Okay. Um, but many producers take part, I assume. Yes, absolutely. Always more producers are taking part to that. Okay. How does that manifest maybe at Entelina or the Etna estate? Are there particular, so it's just obviously the way they treat the vineyards, but is the tasting room designed in a sustainable fashion as well? Do you comment so, on this on your tours? So um, we are focusing a lot on sustainability, especially speaking about the production phase. So starting from the uh, good practices in the fields, so in the vineyards, so in, um, but also Contestant Lina, uh, since 1998, we started to harvest the Chardonnay uh, during the night hours uh, or at the very early morning so that we can reduce the, uh -huh. um, the use, the consumption of energy once the grapes arrive to the winery. So because normally the harvest is done in August, so when during the day the temperatures are very warm, so if we harvest the, the, um, the grapes during the night or in the early hours of the morning, then uh, once the grapes arrive to the winery, they have the right temperature to start the production phase. So in this way, we okay. reduce uh, almost 70% of the consumption for cooling the grapes. So it is something very important that uh, since that time we are starting to do, we started to do in the uh, estate of Contestante Lina, for example. Then we also have um, a system for the production of clean energy uh, in several of our estates. And we are focusing on the calculation of the carbon footprint 
for example, for the wine of the different estates, so along the entire production cycle from the vineyards to the bottling. So focusing on the redu uh, reduction of the um, CO2 emissions. So, for example, adopting lighter glass bottles um, to reduce the emission from the glass production and the bottle transport. Or, uh, for example, in our Damarino, that is one of the um, white wine produced in the state of Contessentilina since the last vintage on the market, so since the vintage 2022, we adopted um, the cork, uh, Noma Cork Ocean, which is made with the recycled plastic from the coastal area. So there are several ways in which we are focusing on sustainability, but for sure there will be something more that we can do about it. So I just wanted to add one note. For Laika's sake, she heard me mention that I tried the Mille e Una Note. This is a blend of Nero de Avila and Syrah with some Petit Verdot and a few other complimentary grapes. It sees some time on oak and I was able to get my hands on a bottle of 2016. And so the wine is very, very luscious. It has this great, like brooding, dark tobacco tilled earth baker's chocolate going on. And it has black fruit, currants, plums, almost like a suede like texture. And it was just so delicious. So I know that the name of this wine is inspired by A Thousand and One Nights from, or Arabian Nights is the other way. And I think it was Gabriella, Gabriella, your grandma who loved that <laughs> book and named her wine after it. So just her connection with um, Arabic literature is really cool how that shows up in the wines. Yes, absolutely. I mean, Miliona Note, it's uh, our iconic red wine from the state of Contessantellina. So going back to the western part of Sicily. And this wine is the fruit of a dream of my grandparents, Giacomo and Gabriella. So the dream of giving life to a super Sicilian red wine. So to do this, they turned to the most important winemaker of the of that era. That was Giacomo Takis, uh, whose contribution was that, um, was really important in expressing at such high level the potential of Contessentilina and the potential of the Nero d'Avola as one of our uh, main local varieties cultivated around Sicily and for us cultivated especially in the state of Contessentilina. So the first vintage of um, Milena Notte was vintage 1995. And yes, as you were saying, it is a blend of Nero d'Avola, Syrah and Petit Verdot mainly. And I would like to do uh, a small focus on the, on the label of this, uh, uh, of this wine. Uh, the label, uh, if you can try to imagine, so speaking with who is listening to us, it is an amazing um, blue background. And the main character of the label is a palace. This is the palace where the, the queen took refugee fleeing from Naples. So the queen we were speaking about in the uh, novel, The Leopard. So this palace is very close to the state of Contessentellina, as we were saying. And this, it was an idea of Gabriella, so of my grandmother, to represent uh, to represent it in a serenade because of a wine of a thousand and one nights. So this is the only label that wasn't drawn by Stefano uh, Vitale, so not considering the one uh, drawn by Dolce & Gabbana, uh, but this label was an idea of Gabriella, so our creative soul. So it is a very representative wine for Donna Fugata, a wine with an amazing, uh, an amazing aging potential, so you could drink it in in the next 15, 20 years, and it will always uh, get a different evolution. So I hope you will have the, the chance to taste uh, a glass of Milona Notte. Yes, wonderful. Well, the PDF of Thousand One Nights is available online for you to enjoy with your glass. So thank you, Gabriella, for all of your expertise. And I'll hand it over to Laika to close us out. I really enjoyed listening to your conversation. I also look forward if Jose would have a Spotify with her um, singing some songs. I would really listen to it for sure. So now that we're just 
actually just a few people in the room. So thanks, Kevin. Thanks, Elena and John for being here in the room. So I'll just um, slip in one question from John. He also loved the conversation. He wants to ask the story behind the labels because they're so unique. Can you like quickly, briefly, briefly tell us the story behind your labels of Dona Fogata? Absolutely. So uh, it was an idea of my grandmother, Gabriella, uh, to really say something with each of our wines, to, to tell more than what is in the glass. So she really wanted to have in each of our labels, colors and figures representing the Mediterranean and the soul of our land. So our Mediterranean soul. So she, it's an idea of Gabriella, uh, my grandmother, to have this artistic label. We have an artist that takes care of our labels. His name is Stefano Vitale. Uh, actually, um, he didn't do any wine labels before starting this collaboration with Donna Fogata. So um, he used to draw some cover for some book of Paolo Coelho. But yes, it was his first time. So he, he was scared as well. But my grandmother, she's a so determined woman that she wanted him to uh, to do this label for us. And when she start, when he starts in uh, 1994, then he, he never hands to to make the label for Donna Fugata. So yes, what we really like to do is to tell a story with each of our wine and to make this um, label impressed in our minds. Because I mean, I think there is something else on the. Uh, what we have in the glass speaking about wine so i hope you will uh, you will get always the memory of the nice label of donna fugata as well okay thank you so much and thanks for the time and yeah um so just remember that we'll be publishing this on italian wine podcasts anytime probably in the next few weeks and that's it thanks guys goodbye ciao. thank you thank ciao. you very much ciao ciao ciao, ciao, ciao. Once again, here we go. Swirl, sniff, sip, sniff. Listen to the Italian Wine Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. We're on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Himalaya FM, and more. Don't forget to subscribe and rate the show. If you enjoy listening, please consider donating through italianwinepodcast.com. Any amount helps cover equipment, production, and publication costs. Until next time, cin cin.